0: Welcome to the Resilient Life Hacks podcast with host Elizabeth Myers, broadcasting live every Wednesday at 1 p.m. Eastern on YouTube and Facebook. Tune in weekly to learn how to have a winning life by building a strong spirit, soul, and body. The Resilient Life Hacks podcast is distributed using Anchor. If you haven't heard about it, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. It's free, and there are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your own phone or computer. Anchor will even distribute your podcast for you so that it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many others. Welcome to the Resilient Life Hacks podcast, where we talk about building a stronger spirit, soul, and body so that we can overcome adversity and do what we were meant to do. I'm your host, Elizabeth Myers, and I welcome you today. Thank you so much for showing up. Please don't forget to share with your friends and subscribe. And we're going to go ahead and jump right in to today's topic, which is the biggest key that you need to live a victorious life to overcome adversity, and to live out your true purpose and the fulfilling thing that you were meant to do in life. And it may not be what you think it is. So we're going to go ahead and jump right in. I'm going to share a verse with you first off to help you understand where I'm coming from in this. It's John 15, 5. And in that scripture, Jesus was telling his followers and us today, he said, I'm the vine and you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. But apart from me, you can do nothing. And that's what I want to focus on that today, that remaining in Jesus, in him we bear much fruit, apart from him, we can't do anything of eternal significance, anything that will last or add true value to the lives of those around us. So the question then is, how do we do that, right? How do we remain in Jesus? In some translations, it says abide, and that may be an even more confusing words. Sometimes it's not really a common word that we use today. So how do we abide in Jesus? What does that mean for us? Um, so I want to talk about two ways that we abide in Jesus. And the first one, I'm just going to mention briefly, because it's not the focus of today's um, topic, although it is crucial and very important. I'm mainly going to focus on the on the second aspect that I want to talk about that. So the first one is if we're going to remain in Jesus, he talks about an agricultural idea here where the branch is connected to the vine. I think of it more of like an apple tree. If the branch of the apple tree is connected to the tree, then the branch can't help but produce apples. That's what it was designed to do. If the branch is cut from the tree and it's laying on the ground, you're not going to get any apples from it. It's not going to produce fruit because it's not connected to the source. It's not connected to that life force that gives it the power and the ability to flower and bud and produce fruit. So continuing with that agricultural metaphor. Step one is we need to be grafted into that tree that Jesus is. So being grafted in, becoming a member of Jesus' family, or um, we could word it as becoming a citizen of heaven. We need to to enter into that family, into that kingdom. And the way we do that is through salvation. And that is super simple. I think sometimes people overcomplicate it. Again, I'm just going to share a verse with you. Romans 10 9 says if you declare with your mouth Jesus is Lord and you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead then you will be saved so that's really all there is to it that's just the simple answer there declare with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that he was raised from the dead um, so none of what I'm going to say next really works unless you get grafted in initially if you get that initial connection that relationship with God the father through Christ so that is key i I want to Hit on that because nothing else matters if we don't get that first step done. But today, what I want to talk about is the second part of that. So once we're connected, once we're grafted in, how do we abide? How do we stay connected to God on a daily basis? It's really just about relationship. Uh, again, we overcomplicate it. We think it's about our works or we think it's about um, if we do this or we don't do that or, you know, earning God's favor. And that's not what it's about at all. It's just a relationship. So think about it in terms of any other relationship that you would with any other human. It might be a spouse or a child or a parent, a best friend. How do you stay connected to those people? It involves spending time with them, right? And being in a, a fellowship with them, being having conversations with them, doing life with them. And it's no different than with, with God. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's no different for us with people than it is for God in that respect of we need to spend that time nurturing our relationship with Jesus. That's what he wants from us. Not a list of do these things and don't do these things. He wants that relationship and that connection with us. And one of the primary ways that we do that is through daily prayer. And so I'm going to share with you some really key tips that have so helped my prayer life, which really helps my life life, um, and has just brought much more life and and fruit from that. So remember, we're talking about I'm the vine, and you are the branches. And if you stay connected, your life will bear much fruit. And that's an exciting thing. That's what we're here to do. So if you want to be able to overcome those adversities in life so that you can bear fruit, then um, this is going to be a key topic for you. Once again, this is the third time now I've said this we overcomplicate this. Um, We think that we need to have the right words or we need to have the right method or um, we need to approach God in the correct way. really we are not worthy no matter what we do our worthiness to come before the throne of god rests because of what jesus has done for us the victory that he's won for us it's not about us anyway and any language any human language that we use to talk to god is inadequate so there there is no such thing of getting the right words or saying it the right way some people kind of switch the whole way that they talk when they're praying aloud and that's just really not necessary we just just speak to god from your heart he already knows what's in there. Now I'm gonna tell you what totally revolutionized my own prayer life. Um, I knew as I um, grew up being a Christian that communicating with God regularly was important, but I didn't really know how. And I got frustrated over time that I felt like my my prayer time was just a a gimme, gimme list of things that I wanted God to do for me. It was more like a a list a child might write to Santa Claus than what I felt like was a meaningful relationship. And I think as humans, we kind of just tend to devolve into that naturally. We think of prayer as asking God for something. Um, And that's definitely a big part of it. But it's so much, so much richer than that. And um, so that's what I want to share with you today. So as I got frustrated with myself, I'm like, well, I need to learn a better way to pray. How do I pray? And so I went to the Bible, which is another way that we connect with God. And I'm going to have another episode on that later. But today I want to focus on prayer. Um, although they do, they do overflow e- each other. When I'm reading the Bible, I'm often praying what I'm reading. And when I'm praying, I'm often praying scripture that I've read. So they're really ultimately intertwined and inseparable, but just for the sake of our discussion, I'm going to tease them out into two separate um, episodes. So today is on prayer, but I was wondering, um, how do I pray? And so I went to the Bible and sure enough, the disciples asked Jesus the very same thing. They said, Lord, teach us to pray. How do we do this? And he said those very familiar words that I'm sure most of you know, or have at least heard of the Lord's prayer, what we call the Lord's Prayer. Uh, our father in heaven, you know, and it goes on. And I learned those words as a child, but I, they are so rote and so memorized that it's very, very difficult for me to slow down and actually think about what I'm saying when I, when I rattle that off, because it is so deeply ingrained. So in some ways that's a good thing, but in, in my personal life, it was just, it was hampering my communication with God because it was just this little rigid formula and nothing else. So I needed to find a better way. So I started um, studying those scriptures and looking at, um, kind of digging in deeper. What, what does that really mean? And um, I discovered some really fascinating things. And it's kind of an ever-evolving process for me. I've been uh, working on this for for years, and um, I still continue to refine it. So I have on my website, um, and I put, I posted the link down there, but I offer a free prayer, prayer guide. This is mine that I put into a notebook from... It's been on there like five years on my website and it's still the most popular download there. But you can see I just I have my pages in here and and I really encourage you to make it your own. I've scribbled all over pages and written and stuff, um, writing out different aspects that I've come across in the Lord's Prayer. Um, That got a little bit cumbersome. So I actually made a half size one. This one's not on my website, but I want to do that as soon as I figure out how to print out half size printables. And then just for quick on the go, if I need a pack or whatever, I have it shrunk down to um, four pages. Um, And so this is just something that I can grab at a quick glance to remind me to keep my mind track on track and focused on um what it is i'm trying to communicate with god so i just we don't have a ton of time i do i'm planning to make a whole video series to go in this more in depth and uh, to teach people how to pray in a way that is meaningful and not just um where you feel like you're repeating yourself all the time but just for today i'm just gonna just scratch the surface just to to entice you and to show you what's what's possible so um I like to begin my prayer time with just silence and kind of just stilling myself. Um, That's actually not the first couple of things I'm going to tell you about actually aren't a part of the Lord's prayer, but they're what I do first to prepare myself. And I like to just kind of breathe in and breathe out. And I think about um, or even sometimes whisper as I'm breathing out, I think of something I want to release to God. It could be, you know, I, I breathe out my anxious thoughts and then I breathe in the the characteristics or the the gifts that god has i breathe in his peace you know i i breathe out my sinfulness i breathe in his grace and i just think through through those things i i have a list that i go down but that helps me just center my my thoughts on what it is i'm doing it helps me to let go of more of me and embrace more of god which i think is part of the point um Secondly, after that, again, this is not in the Lord's Prayer. I find intriguing, but um, it does say that we should enter his courts with thanksgiving and praise. Praise is, praise is in the prayer, but um, thanksgiving is is not directly in there. But I do like to start off with gratitude. To me, that's entering the courts. It's coming into the presence of God to come before his throne and talk with my Heavenly Father. And so I start off with gratitude. For me personally, I just like to list five things. That's there's no magic number. That's just the number that I picked. And um, I try to see how creative I can be. There's so many things that we overlook that we can be thankful for. And, you know, if we're having a a rough day and and things are just really hard, you know, sometimes the gratitude is, hey, I was able to get out of bed this morning, you know, and if it's an awesome day, you may just be overflowing with thanks for all the things. Um, Sometimes it's it's Things that I just take for granted, like toilet paper or paper clips, or I guess after this year, nobody's going to take toilet paper for granted again. But um, there are things that we just overlook that we just don't even realize are blessings from God. So try to challenge yourself and not just list the same five things or the obvious things that come to mind. And then even um, you know, in the hard times, how can you thank God for that situation? Uh, maybe you can thank God that in that He's sustaining you through the hard time, or maybe he's making you stronger in the midst of the difficulty that you're going through. Or maybe you can thank him for his presence. Even if you can't feel it that day, or you're not aware of it, you can know in your head and in your heart that God is with you through everything. So those are two things I like to do just to kind of get myself started and get in the right frame of mind. Now, as we start with the Lord's Prayer, before we jump into the specifics, I want to point out something that I discovered that was really interesting to me, and if you if you go through it, it always says our. It's our Father. It's give us our daily bread. It's all written in this plural us and we form. And um, at first I wondered, I'm like, why isn't it you know help me with my things? Let me. But it's God has intended for us to live in community, in fellowship with Him, and in community with each other. We are not meant to do this alone. And so I think this, this talks about community prayer, even, you know, when I'm I'm usually praying alone in the morning, I also have times, you know, when I pray with my family, I have times when I pray with my church or Bible study group. Um, but when I'm doing this, I'm usually praying alone, but I imagine, you know, myself as part of this bigger community of the body of Christ and how we can all, um, come together to pray for one another, to strengthen one another. So I really like the fact actually that it, that it says we, and our. And uh, that was very intriguing to me when I first came across that. So it starts out as, you know, our father in heaven. I actually have broken that down into two different things. I think of our father is like the closeness, the intimacy of God. And in heaven is his, his transcendence, his greatness. He's, you know, he's close and he's far away. He's good and he's great. And good and great seem like overused kind of mundane words, but that just describes the character of God so well that he is both good and great. And we would not want a God that was one without the other. Can you imagine an all powerful God who had, had the power to do everything, but wasn't good, didn't have our best interests in heart? That that would be terrifying, right? Or conversely, what if you have a God who is good, who, who loves you, who wants to do what's best for you? but is impotent to actually do it, doesn't have the power, doesn't have the omniscience or the omnipotence to take care of your needs. Well, that might be nice and you might feel warm fuzzies, but how can you trust a God that's powerless to actually do anything for you? So I really think that focusing on God's goodness and God's greatness separately are really empowering to me. I used to wonder why does God want us to praise him so much? You know, it seems kind of arrogant. It seems kind of self-centered of why is he asking us to praise him all the time? But I realized it's not for God. He doesn't want us to praise him because it boosts up his ego or because he needs to hear it. He knows who he is and he's secure in that. He doesn't need, he does not personally need my praise, but he knows that I need to praise him because when I'm going through a challenge, if I focus on the challenge, I I get down, I get discouraged, I want to quit. But if I focus on who God is in the midst of that challenge, then that challenge doesn't seem so big anymore. It doesn't seem so daunting. So actually praising God is more helpful to us personally. Um, And I think that's one of the reasons why God asks us to do that is because he knows how healthy and how good that is for us. So our father in heaven, God's goodness and God's greatness And then the next part is holy is your name and just his name is holy. And in my notes that I have, I, you know, I talk about the names of Jesus, the names of God, the names of the Holy Spirit names are very significant. And I could, we could talk for hours just on that subject alone. So I don't have time to get into that today. Maybe if people are interested, we can touch on that later. It's, it's fascinating to study the names of God, but um, for now, we're just going to go ahead and skip on to the next part. Um, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. I've broken that up into three parts. Um, your kingdom come is just about God's kingdom here on earth. And so I pray for different aspects of God's kingdom, whether it's all Christians in general, or if it's um, missionaries or certain ministries that are going on, I pray for the the people who are persecuted because of their faith. Um, and there's a a whole list of things. I actually, I I have it broken down into weekly. So each day I pray. So like on Mondays, I pray for missionaries, you know, I try to make the letters connect so that I can remember it. Um, then your will be done. What is that about? That's all about surrender. It's about surrendering my will and subordinating it to his will. And I have several, um, articles on my blog about surrendering to God and how we have to surrender to win. That's where our victory lies is in surrendering to him. We need to to fight against evil, but surrender to God. And too often in our lives, we get that backwards. Um, So, and I just have a list of things to remind me. I surrender my plan to yours. I surrender my purpose, my priorities, my people, my family, or the people that I'm working with, my place, my home, my physical needs, all my plans. I submit to God. And um, so that's that part of thy will be done. And then on earth as it is in heaven, um, I use this part to intercede for others um, of just God's kingdom coming, his will be done on earth as it is in heaven to, to bring heavenly blessings down to earth to the people around me. So this is me interceding for uh, people that I know and love. It's interceding for situations I hear about in the news. It's for leaders of all different kinds, for um, again, I go through like each day I have a different topic. So it it could be, you know, the financial things that are at work in the world, um, science and technology, education, praying for teachers, praying for leaders. Um, I also have different groups of people I pray for, like people at my church or my neighbors or um what I, what I call just the least of these people who are just struggling and having a hard time for various reasons. Um, and I have verses too, that go with all those so that I can pray, uh, more intelligently and pray. I love to pray the word of God because I can't mess that up. It's his own words. I know I said earlier that we don't have to have the right words, but, but I have the right concept. I'm praying for the right things that are on God's heart and not just praying for, for something that I think might be good that I made up, but I, I'm praying for what God wants for these people. And then the next part is about give us today our daily bread. And that's where I petition, where I ask for my own needs. And um, if you've been around much or you've been to my website, you know how I kind of break things down in my own mind into mental, spiritual, physical, emotional, and um, our willpower, our motivation, those five things. So I, I have a different one of those that I pray for each day. So for example, Monday is my mind and I have verses that I pray over my mind to keep that bathed in the truth Um, that really helps me fight against anxiety, which I struggle with from time to time, Um, different things like that. And I have verses that, that talk about how we renew our mind, um, how we transform ourselves from the inside out. We don't conform to this world, but we transform by renewing our mind. And um, so I pray, you know, Monday is mine and it goes down, you know, Wednesday I pray for will and different things. So that's where I put the petitions for myself on that part. And um, I have, you can see, I just, I scribble, I'm a writer, so I just write and I scribble on things and it kind of makes it my own. The the trouble with that is eventually it's all scribbles and I can't, so I have to reprint it and start over. so that's petition. And then we say, um, and forgive us our debts as we have also forgiven our debtors. Or sometimes it says trespass and trespassers. Um, but the the idea there is just that the measure that we use will be used to measure us as well. God has freely given us forgiveness. Who are we to withhold it from anyone else? We don't deserve it. And yet he freely gave it to us. And so I think joining those two things together is so critical to recognize, hey, I, I'm a sinner. I've messed up. I've goofed up, and I am so grateful for God's grace. And then that helps me in, turn around and to those around me say, "You know what? You need grace too. I forgive you as well." And um, I'm all about all about grace. I sign my email "Grace wins" because it does. And I know that I am a person in need of bucket loads of grace. And so I'm very willing to give grace to others, and unfortunately, I know where we can find an unlimited supply. So that is helpful, and that uh, makes that much better. But um, I have um, several things that I list under the the confession of sins. of It's really sometimes we try to like make a list of, oh, these are all the bad things that I've done, or this is what I feel bad for. But really, the ask the what we're actually doing there. Is slightly different. Is opening our heart and saying, "Lord, search my heart, and you tell me what you want to work on in me." I mean, there's plenty of things to choose from, but Lord, what is it you want to help me with right now? And that is how I view confession. Of it's not me trying to come up with a list of everything I feel bad about, um, but it's opening my heart and saying, "Lord, please show me where I need to change, show me where you want to come into my life and make me different than who I am right now. Where can I be more Christ-like?" and less Elizabeth-like in my thinking, in my responses, in how I react to others, how I engage with others, what I do, what I don't do. I think a lot of times when we think of sins to confess, we think of something I did that I shouldn't have. But the flip side is also true. There are also sins of omission where we should have done something good and we didn't. And often that's because of fear or maybe embarrassment or uncomfortableness or just not being bold. Um, and those are equally sins as well. It says in the scriptures, anyone who knows the good he should do and doesn't do it has sinned in that. So we need to think, too, not just what did I do that I wish I hadn't done, but what did I not do? that I, Where where could I have shown the light of Jesus and, and I failed to seize that opportunity? I failed to seize that moment. Um, and then for um, forgiveness, forgiveness could be a really tricky thing sometimes. It can be really hard. And sometimes on smaller things um, or with people that we're closer to, you know, it might come a little easier, but when it's a big thing, it, there's layers to it. And um, we often can't just forgive once and say, okay, I it, forgiven and walked away, but we have to keep re-forgiving every time that comes up again. Um, on both these topics, on the confession and the forgiveness, I have more information on that on my blog. Again, I could go, I could talk for an hour on each one of these, but I'm trying to to limit myself. So this doesn't go on forever. Um, I, when I first started studying this and I was trying to get together, you know, a a printable version of this to share with people, I took the Lord's prayer, which is just a few phrases and I expanded it to like a hundred page document. (laughs) And I'm like, okay, nobody, nobody's going to read that. Most people aren't as nerdy as I am. So never fear. I shrunk it down. It's only like a 20 page um, ebook right now that you can, you can download and you can get these printables and a little bit of, of coaching on different ways that you could use it. Um, So that's confession and forgiveness. And then um, it says, and lead us not into temptation. And um, this is really about protection from falling prey to evil. Again, the Bible says that the devil prowls around like a lion looking for people to to devour. It says that we should be aware of his schemes and of his traps. And there are three common ones that are mentioned multiple places in scripture. Um, with Eve in the garden when the devil tempted Jesus before his public ministry. And then, um, the, there's a verse that goes with it. And I don't actually have the reference written down here. I'm sorry. I think it's in one of the Corinthians somewhere. Um, but it talks about the cravings of the flesh, the cravings of the eyes and the pride of life. Um, And those I have um, studied and and looked out into those more cravings of the flesh is just whenever I'm a slave to my body or its desires. And that could be a whole host of physical things. It could have to do with food. It could have to do with physical pleasure. It could have to do with sleep. You know, there's different things there. And we combat that with with fasting and denial. Um, We can break bonds that we are struggling to by fasting and by saying, I want God more than I want, you know, the basic sustenance of life. Um, Then the second is the craving of the eyes. And that may be things that we see that distract us or pull us away from our focus on God. And um, for me personally, where I struggle with that is um, looking at, um, it could be a catalog or Pinterest or whatever, you know, where I'm like, oh, I want my house to look like that. Or I, I want... Um, these various, various things that I see with my eyes that kind of stirs up some materialism in my heart where I want that thing that looks pretty, um, maybe more than I want to do the right thing sometimes. So, um, the way that we can combat that is through gratitude. If we're grateful for what we already have and not seeking after what we don't have as much. And also through generosity. Um, if we give away what we have to support others who need it more. And then finally, the pride of life is just that self-idolatry that we all st- struggle with of, um, you know, we, we want to be all that in a bag of chips. And sometimes we don't want to be dependent on God because that feels less than. We don't want to give God the credit. We want to take the credit. You know, these are things that just every human on the planet ever throughout time has struggled with, whether they've admitted it or not. And the best ways to combat that are with humility, remembering it's not about us and with praise, with lifting up Jesus in his name and who he is and giving him the credit and glory and not taking it for ourselves. All right. Then um, we're approaching the end now. And so it's the final one is, but deliver us from evil is how we usually say it in churches and things. The actual original grammar was delivers from the evil one. It's actually a person. It's not just delivers from some vague sense of evil, but it's delivers from those schemes of the devil that he's out to get us and protect us. Jesus. We know that, that God is our, our protector. We can't fight that fight on our own. Fortunately, Jesus has already won that battle for me. Um, So I like to just ask myself in this time, you know, am I going through kind of a spiritual battle right now? Am I, am I struggling? Am I having a hard time? And um, if the answer is no, then praise God, that's awesome. But I can't just sit back and chillax. You know then i am praying lord protect me from because i'm nobody's immune so what you know what may be coming my way that i'm not aware of you know protect me put that hedge of protection around me that the scripture talks about and help me to fortify you know just strengthen myself up to get ready for whatever battle may be down the road that i don't know about if i say yes i am currently in a battle then you know i pray about lord sustain me through this lord teach me what you want me to learn. Show your glory through this situation. How do I respond to this hurtful thing or this stressful thing? Or how do I answer that person um, in that difficult conversation? I pray things like that. And then um, finally, I'm like, have I just come through some sort of spiritual battle? Maybe something has just wound up and you know I've come through on the other side of that and a lot of times when that happens i'm just i'm exhausted and i'm tired and so I just pray Lord just get me back up get me back in the in the fight get me back up in the battle um think of maybe like somebody on a, a sports team you know and they get benched for a time because there's an injury or you know some situation coming up and i'm like just get me back in the game. I don't want this trial or this struggle to like put me on the sidelines forever. I, you know, I want to take time to, to get healed and to get better, but ultimately I want to get back out on the field. I want to do what it is you've called me to do. And so those are the kinds of things that I, um, there. And then the final part is we, I love this, that we return to praise again. The Lord's prayer starts and ends with praise. We started with our father in heaven. Your name is holy. And now we're going to end with yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. And I like to just break down each, each one of those words. It's God's kingdom. Everything belongs to him. So that takes weight off my shoulders. And it also means I don't get the glory for anything. Uh, the power is all his. Whatever it is that's threatening to undo me is small compared to God. And so I take that power away from that thing that I'm feeling or struggling with. And I give that to God. And then glory. God gets the credit for all the good things. It's not because of me. When, when I pray this way and then good things happen, he gets all the glory because I know I didn't do it. I was down on my face. I was struggling. And then forever, infinitely, forever, without end, God's kingdom goes forever and ever and ever. And then finally, the last word is amen. By the way, the the last little bit of here is is added on later in the actual scriptures. It doesn't have that end part. Um, and I know some churches leave that off too, but I included it cause that's the way that I learned it as a kid. And that's, that's the way that I pray it. Um, so that part's in there, but anyway, we end with amen and amen means so be it. And this is where I say, God, I've brought all this, all my concerns to you, all the things that are stressing me out, all the things that are going on in the world, all the hopes and dreams that I have for my children, all the desires that I have of things I want to do and accomplish in life, all the, the health struggles that I have, or the things that are holding me back. I, I brought all this to you. And I, you know, I push it across the table to God. And I say it, it's yours now. I trust you to do what is best with all this stuff. And, and I'm going to leave this in your lap. I trust you with it. And um, so I to me, amen is not just it's not just the end. It's it's really just an expression of trust and of faith, saying, You've got this, God, you can handle this far better than I can. And, and I've given these burdens over to you. I've cast my cares upon you. And um that when I when I pray that way, when I go through these steps, I just have a greater sense of the pressure being lifted off my shoulders, and I have uh, praise and appreciation for God and for who He is. I feel like we've we've actually conversed back and forth. We've connected. Uh, conversation is never supposed to be a one way thing, right? Some people pray. They think that just means I just talk and talk and talk and talk and talk, but you have to pause every now and then and give God a chance to speak too. Uh, and he speaks primarily to us through his word. So that means reading the Bible. Like I said, that's a lesson for another day. We could talk for hours about that too. Um, and that's usually what I do next after I go through this, then I, then I read my Bible. Sometimes I do it first. I go back and forth. Um, but this is how I stay connected to God. The, the title of this episode earlier was, is your power plugged in? And um, so you just think of a, an appliance or anything. It, it can't do what it was supposed to do until you plug it into the wall. You've got to plug it into the power source. And that's what prayer is in our lives. It's plugging us into that power source that we can, so that we can overcome our challenges so that we can get out there and do whatever it is that we were created to do to live out that victorious life that Jesus has won for us. We can't do that if we're not plugged in. And if we're we're struggling or we're having a hard time, or we're, maybe it's not even a hard time, maybe we just don't feel fulfilled. Maybe we just feel like something's missing in our lives and, and we're missing out on something or we're just not as fulfilled and happy as we want to be. That thing that could be missing could be you're not plugged in to the power source. So that's my challenge to you today is to just ask you, you know, are you plugged in? Is your power source connected? Are you a branch that's connected to the tree and is ready and eager to bear fruit? Or are you the branch that's laying down on the ground, withering and drying up because for whatever reason, um, you're not staying connected to God right now. And there, there are so many things that can distract us and pull us away. Sometimes it's we, we feel inadequate or unworthy to pray. Sometimes we're busy and distracted. Sometimes I've been guilty of this one, of something happens and what do I do? I, you know, I go talk to my people or I go Google it first. Never Google before you pray. That's what I try to tell myself. You, know, you get some medical thing from the doctor. What do you do? You go Google it. I'm like, no, I need to pray first. For some reason, that just slips my mind. Um, and sometimes we just don't know how. I just it doesn't all these things don't matter. Just get started. So this going through the the prayer this way could be overwhelming and and daunting and like wow, ah, But that's not what I want that to be. That's not why I put this out. This is just a resource for people who are like I'm not really sure how to get started or I don't really know how to go deeper. You know maybe you've been praying for a while but like like I did it just kind of felt lifeless. Um, so I, I this is a tool. For people to use that can help you just kind of uh, stay on track another big big problem that we have with prayer is getting distracted our mind wanders it's difficult to keep engaged in a conversation with a person that you can't see with your eyes can't hear with your ears and so having this piece of paper i'm a visual learner so having something to look at helps me to remember where i am and when i when i get off course as we all do you know I, i have a place to be focused um Personally, I'm also, like I said, a writer. So if I write out prayers or even just jot notes, that helps me when I'm reading my Bible. If I come across a verse that relates to one of these um, aspects of prayer, you know, I'll jot it down in there. That's how this grew to be so huge. Um, So anyway, there's just so many different ways that you could use this as a tool for you. And I really hope that you'll go there to the link and download your free one today. Let me know how that works for you. And I am working on upgrading everything and um, I have a lot of ideas for some new things I want to add to it. So if there's something particular that you think would really be helpful for you um, or where, you know, where you struggle staying connected or praying um, consistently and praying meaningfully in ways that don't feel empty to you. Um, Let me know where where your struggle is, and I'd be happy to you know adjust some resources or create something new um, to help people out. Because this has just been so huge in my life, and I just I I need to share that with you. Um, It's not a kind of thing I want to keep secret to myself and go well. This is my key to success, but I'm just going to sit on it and not tell you. Um, This, like like I said, this is the key to overcoming the bad stuff and going after the good stuff. And if you do nothing else you need to get connected with God um, through salvation and then regularly daily, multiple times a day throughout your day. Um, as often as possible, the Bible says, pray continually. I, I don't know if that's actually physically possible for the human mind, but we can sure try. We, we can put it out there as much as possible. And this becomes an ongoing conversation that we just have with God throughout our day. And as we feel like we get to know him better and better, That just becomes more natural to just be aware of his presence there and just, you know, reach out and touch base at a moment's notice. And we have these things that we've prayed, hopefully, first thing in the morning when we seek him first in the morning. Um, Those then are deposited in our brain and they they come out as we face challenges throughout the day. We can we can call those things to mind. And uh, the Holy Spirit will remind us of these things. So I really hope that that blesses you. Thank you so much for listening. And I know that was a lot of stuff really fast. Like I said, I could... I could go on on and on about all these things, um, but I don't want to bore you. So um, if you haven't already, I would love it if you would subscribe. Um, either in the Facebook group, you can subscribe to the YouTube channel. Um, the podcast now is also available on iTunes and Spotify, a whole bunch of others. So if, you, if that's where you listen to podcasts, you could subscribe there. That would be great. And um, if you'd be willing to leave an honest review of the show, that would help us out so much. I really want to... Spread the word and um, give other people the opportunity to hear the messages that I want to share and that my guests want to share. Um, because I really think it would be beneficial and be helpful to others. So if you could help me out in that, I would really appreciate that. And I hope you join us next week. Um, we are going to be joined by a guest next week, Jennifer Loading. She's going to talk to us about overcoming the toughest obstacles. And she's going to specifically talk about physical challenges with our health. And so I'm really excited to hear some things that she has to say. Um, I've talked with her briefly about it, and it sounds like she's really got a good message. So I hope that you'll Join us for that next week. So thank you so much for listening. I hope you have a blessed and beautiful day. Stand strong and stay with Jesus. I'll see you later. You have been listening to Resilient Life Hacks with host Elizabeth Myers. If you like the show and want to know more, check out elizabethmyers.me forward slash RLH Podcast. If you're interested in being a guest on a future episode, just fill out the form on that webpage so we can connect. Your honest review on iTunes is a tremendous help to sharing this message of hope with more hurting souls. Don't forget to join us next week when we talk about more hacks for a resilient life. Until next time, stand strong, hold on to hope, and love others like Jesus does.